What you're hearing is archived footage from a 1987 TV news report. The setting of the story is a Miami-Dade school board meeting. The debate, whether or not to outlaw paddling or corporal punishment in Miami-Dade schools. Child in the classroom. You can't do both of those and expect teaching and learning to occur. And let's send a message to every student in Dade County, there is no more free ride. If we're going to go gung-ho, I'm ready to go. But at the same time now, when you, when you talk about corporal punishment, it has been abused to some extent. But on some children, when all else fails, you have to do it. This wasn't that long ago. I was just starting elementary school around this time, and I know I'm old, but I ain't that old. So it's kind of wild that this topic, hitting kids in school, was still being debated at this time. In most of the US, the practice had been prohibited. As is so often the case, Florida lagged behind the rest of the country. But I didn't pull this clip just for us to gawk at all the backwards boomer energy and lustful zeal for beating the shit out of kids. Rather, this clip is meant to be illustrative of a bygone era. On this topic, passions ran high. It's a fraught debate, one where you had culture and convention and tradition running up against modernization and progressivism. But even still, when you watch the B-roll from the clip, you'll notice something. A quiet hall, calm, professional tones, clear cases being laid out by advocates on both sides, and a distinct lack of inflamed language. In other words, it was sane. By contrast, I bring you this. Stop, 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 stop. They want you to do that. People coming here and speaking their voice, they, they do it all the time. We, we don't, um, I reject them following me around in a car, following my car around. I reject them saying that they're coming for me, that, they're, that I need to beg for mercy. Well, I was just trying to make my way to the door so I could come in and fill a comment card and a woman stood in front of me and bumped me out of the way. is not here to indoctrinate them with LBGTQ agenda ideology. These are demonic entities and we need to stick together. Remember, we have authority in Christ Jesus. These doctors that sit up here that were sneering at us and looking at us like we're scumbags, they need to go back this is what has become of school board meetings across Florida and, yeah, across the entire country. Ground zero for the latest chapter of Culture Wars, and most well-known through the passage last year of the Florida Parental Rights and Education Act, or more commonly well-known as the Don't Say Gay Act. Under the guise of parental rights and fueled by a narrative that public school teachers, administrators, and officials are indoctrinating children with pro-LGBTQ and diversity messaging to usurp the role of parents and the family, the right is tightening its grip on public education at the expense of, well, public education. This is all obviously drenched in bigotry, homophobia, transphobia, and worse. But the rhetoric itself is couched in familiar tropes like so-called classical education. And, of course, critical race theory. If you have materials that you're providing where it says if you were born a white male, you were born an oppressor, you are abusing our children. Parents saying that CRT is now indoctrinating students disguised in the school system's initiatives on diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. The DEI program is a Trojan horse that will bring in a slippery slope. A slippery slope that will ultimately end in critical race theory, white repentance, and the McDonaldization of America's students. 
The groomer narrative might have originated on assorted right-wing online scum holes, but it was minted into the broader discourse and took hold in Florida thanks to the efforts of one person in particular. Over the weekend, Governor DeSantis's press secretary tweeted this, the bill that liberals inaccurately call don't say gay would be more accurately described as anti-grooming bill. I asked Christina Pushaw directly if she was speaking for- Christina Pushaw has acted as the hatchet man for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. She mostly exists as a Twitter personality, pushing the right-wing discourse too extreme for DeSantis himself to say out loud. That discourse helped DeSantis notch a significant election day victory earlier this month when dozens of his hand-selected and endorsed school board candidates won their races across the state. If you think it's a little weird that a sitting governor is endorsing individual school board candidates, positions that we naively considered apolitical in bygone days, you'd be correct. But the school board is the modern-day frontline for conservative Florida's culture wars. School board meetings today come replete with right-wing characters, Proud Boys, fake militiamen, and lots of others. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the incentive structure and conservative logic behind this. Spoiler alert, it has a lot less to do with educating kids and keeping them safe, and more to do with profits and ideology. But for today, we decided to focus in on some of those front lines here in Florida with someone working to restore some semblance of sanity to our public schools. Jen Cousins is a founding member of the Florida Freedom to Read Project and the Students' Rights Coalition and she spends her free time squaring off against Proud Boys, Moms for Liberty, and other groups dead set on undermining public education to groom the next generation of Floridians, ensuring that bigotry of all stripes has a safe place to thrive, right in our classrooms. We are losing our country because of big tech election interference. And in three minutes, six-year-old Elian Gonzalez, dressed in a t-shirt, draped in fear, us whose understanding of our education system sort of stems from the headlines, right? Because there's this been this study stream of of headlines that almost seem like they're designed to make people go, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. Oh my God, now they're doing that. You know, it seems like it's almost like a coordinated PR campaign. It can seem though, I think to casual people, like a, a random set of attacks, mostly on marginalized people. But in fact, it's a lot more coordinated than that, right? Uh, Jen, tell us about what, what you found in the capacity that you that you work in in terms of how these are all kind of interlocking pieces, all of these different attacks and different movements on the state level. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, as most people know, uh, the catalyst behind that side is Moms for Liberty, um, who were founded when uh, Tina Deskovich lost her re-election campaign for school board in Brevard County and Jennifer Jenkins won. Um, Jennifer Jenkins has been highly publicized how much Moms for Liberty and Representative Randy Fine go after her, you know, as far as harassing her at her house and destroying her property. Um, so that's really Tina's main beef with the public school system is that she lost an election. So she grew it into this beast that Moms for Liberty is. And you know, they try and masquerade as just a nonprofit group of grassroots moms who are trying to keep their kids' education pure. Um, but they're 100% funded by the Republicans. Um, one of their founding members was Bridget Ziegler, who is married to Christian Ziegler. 
um, who's an insurrectionist on top yeah. of being the vice chair of the Florida GOP. Um, they have a lot of funding behind them. And because of that, they're able to influence policy. Um, you know, earlier this year when um, the House was in session, they had their own uh, lobbying day in the Capitol, which has no group like this has ever been able to do before. Like they even secured having their own like breakfast spot out in the courtyard. I mean, it was, it was something that does not normally happen for groups like this. Um, they, you know, they work closely with DeSantis. Um, they're able to pay for a lot of publicity. And then they claim that all these events and things that they're doing are only paid for by t-shirts that they sell. Which I know is crap because our group sells t-shirts and we don't even make a fraction of the money that they pull in. Um, and, you know, they're really, they're big mad about gay people, anybody in the LGBTQ plus community and BIPOC people as well. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're basically the reimagined sisters of the Confederacy, really, with their ideologies. Um and, you know, unfortunately, with the climate that we have in Florida, they've been able to thrive and they've put up all these chapters. Um, you know, we have one in pretty much every single county in Florida. And this year they decided that they were going to try and pack the school boards with their candidates. Um, and so, you know, we had Ron DeSantis uh, endorsing school board races, which is uncommon for the governor of a state to get involved yeah. with. Um, he's given them money, paid for mailers for them, and some of them won the races. Not all of them did. We defeated two of the candidates that were running in Orange County, but the one who did make it through into the general in November is uh, the loudest one that we have in Orange County, <laughs> and the one who has tried repeatedly to ban books in our school system. I mean, she's basically the reason that we founded our group, because she came in and made a big stink about an LGBTQ plus book. And, you know, it, it just caused, she got what she wanted. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask, I want to like backtrack a little bit. So like, you know, what is like, you're talking about some of these attacks and how it's coordinated and sort of kind of like laying out like the political, like machinery that they have been building, but what is like their, like their, their political horizon? Like, what is the education system that they want? Okay, so they want public education completely defunded. They want it all privatized. They want everybody going to charter schools. They want, um, there's a company called the Classical School that is being bought up by a lot of Moms for Liberty people and being run. Um, when DeSantis signed 1557, he signed it at one of the classical academies. Um yeah, they want all the funds diverted away because, you know, they are convinced that our public school teachers are groomers, that, you know, we're sending our children every day to uh, you know, be groomed into, I don't know what they think is going to happen. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But their bottom, their baseline is end public education. But also at charter schools, as I understand it, the teachers are not unionized, whereas... No. Yeah, whereas... Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that, you know, as I understand it, they signed the uh, the uh, Don't Say Gay Bill at a charter school that might not be required to follow the regulations of that bill. They don't. Yeah. So, so that's interesting that a non-unionized teacher is not a groomer, but a unionized teacher. <laughs> Very dangerous. 
opinions. <laughs> and, and Jer, it goes it goes deeper than that, Jen. I'd love to hear you talk about that. I mean, like I wanted to get to that that whole sort of charter versus public versus funding debate. And um, you know, I'm a Dade parent, right? I'm a Miami Dade public school parent. And it's Jerry, it's even more it's even more sinister than that. The charter schools have zero um there's a there's a, a designation called an IEP. My daughter has an IEP because she's super smart and we're super glad that she's gonna be stuck be in advanced classes throughout her journey with Miami Dade Public Schools. Awesome. Other IEPs also go the other way for kids who have extra challenges and need extra um, assistance. And guess what? Charter schools for all the money that they receive, and also they're like sort of quasi, you know, magnet programs and other programs that are sort of um fall under the rubric of school choice, they don't have to take those kids. They actually, and they, and guess what they do? They don't take those kids. So like, that's a huge component, especially when you look up in some of these counties where the charters and, and private schools get these footholds uh, and they'll go, you'll, you'll see this, Jen, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. They'll, they'll have a couple of years where they'll say, look how great our charters and our private school and our school choice system is doing. Look at the grades relative to the, um, to, to the, their, their counterparts in public school. And not asked enough is the question. Oh yeah, how many um how many how many kids uh who are on the spectrum did you serve last year? How many kids who are in the bottom quintile of um you know of socioeconomic status did you serve last year? This is it's it's apples and oranges, but it's presented like it's apples and apples. And I feel like that thrust is like the the main political project on the conservative side, like to get people pissed off enough that they leave. And they, 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 if you make enough money to have your kid in a charter or you have enough extra time in your schedule to be the mom or the dad that goes through that extra effort and gets them in, like th that's what they want. They want the, to migrate the population there. And then the public schools, the community schools just become for the dregs of society. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I feel like I just kind of threw a bunch of words in your mouth. I didn't mean to. No, I agree 100%. Um you know, like you said, the, the charters aren't under any obligation to serve all students, unlike public schools are. Um, you know, they can pick and choose who they want to let in. Um, and they're still receiving our tax dollars, right? Like, even though not everybody can get into that school, they still get the student allowment for it. Um, and yeah, they don't. And that's the funny thing about these three horrible bills, 7, 1467 and 1557. They do not apply to charter schools or to religious schools, right? And those these laws are what you would think that parents who send their kids to those kind of schools would want, not the rest of us who send our kids to public schools. Um, so, you know, that's another insidious nature behind it. And, you know, like Gerald pointed out, they don't have, they're not unionized. You know, one of Moms for Liberty's biggest complaints is the teachers' unions. And they actually just, um, I think they released a statement about it um, with our county, our Moms for Liberty, who got through um, wanting to ban Looking for Alaska, the book, and Tina Deskovich's response to when today asked them about it, she went into like a tirade about how these teachers and their unions are getting away with all this stuff. And meanwhile, I mean, <laughs> I've been working with the Orange County Teachers Union for over a year now. And, you know, I get <laughs> what these people go through the hoops that they have to go through with the administration just to get basic things like a cost of living allowance raise is ridiculous. And so what Moms for Liberty wants to do is have, they don't, they want a one-sided education that favors, 
the white Christian nationalist agenda. They don't want our kids learning about humanities. They don't want our kids learning real history. They want whitewashed history, which is why they're so closely aligned with Hillsdale College, who in Florida now is taking over our civics education, which is extra scary because they completely, you know, their theory is that slavery was a good thing for black people. <laughs> um, they they were the, the college behind our woke math, you know, like a student that goes to their college claims that he found a woke math problem, which is what sparked that whole big thing earlier this year. I mean, it's just, it's outrageous. I've never seen. I wish, I wish, it, I wish it was that easy to get out of math homework when I was. Right. I would have used that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, I've got four kids in public school. So I've got high school, middle school, and elementary school. So, you know, I kind of know how all of this works. And it's just mind-blowing because our teachers are already treated so poorly. And this is going back to what you're saying about how they want to make it look like all public education is bad. Like, especially in Florida, our teachers are grossly underpaid. Their morale is low. And that was all even before the pandemic hit even back in like the good old days. And oh, I would love, I would love to like segue to that actually, because I think yeah. that I, I, in my mind, it really feels like the pandemic was an opening. The pandemic was almost like a, um, like, a, like, like found. Exactly. Right. I think about um, the, I think about, uh, you know, the uh, post Katrina in Louisiana as an opportunity for all this private takeover, but particularly the schools. I think about, you know, the election, I think it was of like the 2012 elections cycle in Michigan, where the DeVos family got a big opening to take over a whole bunch of public schools um, at public school districts. And uh, it feels like the pandemic for Florida was the thing. What did you see from the front lines of sort of activism and the way people's like kind of got inflamed or, or like the way that they got their hackles up and, 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 you know, really hyped up about this issue. I they, it came out of nowhere. I mean, I don't I don't know anybody who's had ever had a problem with what our kids were learning, even when they were, you know, doing remote learning during the beginning of the pandemic. But you know, I don't hang out with crazy people <laughs> like that kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, my kids they they did remote learning with their regular schools for the second half of that year when the pandemic first hit and everything was fine. I never saw a problem. Um, and then the second year they did FLVS online school. I never saw a problem with any of the work that they were getting. Um, and I still don't see a problem with any of the work that they're getting, except now I have to look more at what they're getting because it's all going to be whitewashed now and they're only going to be getting told half truths. So I need to look at it now so that I know where I need to now go and teach my kids what the real stuff is. Um, and so I think for the Moms for Liberty people, what happened was they didn't care about their kids' education before. They were just, you know, they see yeah. teachers as babysitters. And so now all of a sudden they're seeing like, oh my God, wait, they're learning about this real history. Like, <laughs> I think that was the catalyst for them. Like they were pissed that it was too, I don't know, maybe liberal or something for them. Right. Which is why they're pushing all this crap now. I mean, CRT has never been taught in any grade from K to 12. Never, ever, ever, ever. And that's been proven time and again, but yet they're still up there. We still get people every every two weeks at our Orange County School Board meetings. Some old lady yelling at CRTs being taught in her grandkids' classroom. <laughs> it's like, but it's not. Which, could, could I jump in on that? Like, I'm someone who, like, 
I never saw a Confederate flag until I moved down to Florida, like not in real life. Like I'd never seen, I'm, I'm from New York. I'm back up here, obviously. There's, I would say definitely like a Yankee version of history that's taught up here, which is like, you know, we had slavery and that was bad, but then we had the civil war and things got better. And then we had Jim Crow and that was bad, but then we had MLK and Malcolm X and things got better. And then we had just like, the interpersonal like mean racism but then we got barack obama and things got better so you get you get this like things will just get better if you let them and then i one of my first jobs out of college was working as a janitor in brownsville which you know a very like underperforming school almost uniformly um black students and the white students who were there were mostly like the children of eastern european immigrants I like I'm not saying I wish CRT was taught in school, but something like <laughs> like the like the idea that it, it, school is supposed to prepare you for the real world. And if you don't teach this to people, they will be unprepared for what the real world is like. I, I, I you know, I sometimes get a little hesitant when I, when people want to reassure like CRT is not being taught in school. And I'm like to whitewash history is to make sure that you're and I do think that's their goal is to manufacture adults with a child's understanding of history which I think a lot of people coming out of the school system will have and I think I think it's important to also say that like CRT shouldn't be taught in schools because it's like complex like grad school level it's law school uh, stuff. Uni- yeah. Yeah, yeah like legal theory that yeah it's just not taught to children in po- in like in, in public school level what right. they refer to as CRT is just basic history history that touches yeah. upon the racism and injustice of the American project and if we don't learn it we can't improve the American project <laughs> right but a lot of them too are confused as to what CRT actually means because this actually happened in Tallahassee earlier this year we were in an elevator um, one of my teachers union rep friends, was in with a group of the Moms for Liberty people when they were up for the, for the lobbying day. And this lady was talking about CRT. And so my friend, who's a teacher and on the teacher's union, turned to her and she's like, what is your problem with it? What do you think it really is? She had it confused with culturally responsive teaching. <laughs> she didn't even know. Like, she's just been told, this word is bad. So you have to yeah. fight against it. Like, these are brainwashed. No talking point. <laughs> yeah, they, they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. At right. all times, the the, the, like the right. you know what was what felt like an opening for this, what felt like a like a pre-pandemic sort of um, precursor for this whole uh, this whole like dialectical diatribe, right? It was the sixteen nineteen project. That was the first time that I remember parents through a political valence getting angry, like, and it was quiet. It was on Twitter. It was loud in certain circles. It was it was not. It was not lined up outside the entryway for public school board meetings, you know, dressed up in tactical gear and black no quarter given T-shirts. It was not that. It was people saying, oh, this is some, you know, New York Times liberal media bullshit, you know, get this out of the schools. Okay, fine. Like, we can debate that. We can fight about that, whatever. But that seemed, and I don't know, from your perspective with, you know, having having multiple kids and some that are older than mine that are probably in the school system prior did you get any like early tremors or like early like warm rumblings from pre-pandemic times when it was like, uh, oh, this this could be a problem. People might have an issue with this in the future. Teaching history. Never, never. And going back to something that Gerald said, like I was born and raised in New Jersey, so I have the benefit of having a northern education. <laughs> yeah. 
which Man, public school system right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn here. I'm learning here. I'm learning here. I'm learning here. <laughs> You're <jamoke. laughs> Um, But up north, you know, it's it's a whole different game for teachers. You know, they're paid what they're deserved. They, the commun- they get community support. Everybody loves them. You know, our teachers in Orange County, they only get $100 a year for school supplies, which when you've got classes between you know, 17 to 25 kids, that's one month's worth of supplies if you're lucky, you know, and it wasn't like that where I grew up. And where I grew up, you know, we we were taught really good history. Like, I grew up on the Delaware River, so we learned a lot, tons about, like, the Lenape Indians. You know, we were always doing field trips looking for arrowheads, like, really cool stuff like yeah. that, which I don't see happening down here. No, no we, we, we not only did we learn about the Iroquois and the Algonquin, but we learned about the reason that they're not around anymore. Right. And it was exactly. not a filtered, uh, modulated, politically correct. Sorry, but it, but but what the what these people want is political correctness. Correct. They want their own political patriotic correctness, honestly, is what right. they want. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the actual yeah. definition of political correctness, it actually comes from like a Soviet term. No mean to red bait, but it's true. And um <laughs> And it just means like what what the established political governance body establishes as politically correct speech. So by definition, you are correct, David. They are establishing what is politically correct to say in our schools, <laughs> like, and and they're doing it through the government. Jen, I mean, look at all look at all four or all three of us here. Like Jer, Jer just spent a long time here in Miami. You and I are both from the Northeast as well. And people, the, it's not a new joke to to talk about Florida in terms of like a place for you know relocated Yankees. So what is it about Florida? Going back to the sort of core thesis of our show, like what is it about Florida that makes us so receptive? To the to, to to this kind of messaging, I, people can say it's conservatism, but like we're still a 50-50 state, like yeah. at, at our core. In a place like Orange County, a place like Miami Dade County, we are over. I feel like I've already in three episodes for the show. I've already said this like five times, but we are an overwhelmingly liberal, blue, dem, whatever metropolitan areas, respectively, right? Yeah. So why can this can this type of um this this type of propaganda gain purchase? Like, what is it about us? I don't know. I mean, you know, when I lived up north, we used to joke about Florida people and, you know, you'd be like, oh, they're too close to the sun, you know. <laughs> but it is, you know, checks I miss, out. I miss the good old days with like just weird, crazy Florida man stuff. Like, you know, the shirtless guy standing in the face of the hurricane. Like now Florida man is just like absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> like, all bets are off. And I really, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because... We do have so many people that come in from so all over the place that I just, I don't know. It's weird. And, you know, I, where, where we live, right, we're really lucky because we are in metropolitan areas that are totally blue. Um, but, you know, I can go one state or one county over and it's like you're in Alabama all of a sudden. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I really, because we have the opportunity here with the kind of people that we do have here that we could really have like a really great proper kind of like South New York melting pot kind of thing. But it seems to have gone completely all off the rails of that. Right. Like the opposites. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's, know. A, it's a mystery. We're working on it. We'll let you know what we find out. The, the other day I was at the beach 
and you know I'm, I'm kind of losing my hair a little bit so I, I can see my scalp better than before and I actually like I wasn't wearing a hat so my scalp was so red and so sunburned from the sun so I actually had the same theory that you had. I was thinking, I'm like, is it the sun? Like, are we like, is our brain, our our brains just being cooked into like a melted mush that we are, we continue to tolerate these people in power? Like, anyways, so I actually wanted to transition a little bit, and because we've mentioned teachers unions um, several times, what what is the role of teachers unions in Florida throughout this whole culture war? unfolding in our schools and education system like how have they reacted to it how do the teachers feel about the teachers unions are they putting up a good like an adequate fight you know and, you know let's be candid about it whether for good or for bad i i think it varies by county um so the teachers unions it, the one in orange county full of great people um I think the biggest problem with Florida right now is, as far as the teachers can go, is that teachers are not allowed to strike. It's illegal to strike in the state of Florida. They will just, they'll lose their jobs. That's it. And uh, yep. that's a huge problem to begin with. Um, I think our union did a really good job during the pandemic and post-pandemic of trying to protect the teachers and the students. Um, you know, as far as masking and fighting to get more cleaning done in the schools. Um, ours took a big hit last year um, when they were negotiating pay raises because they couldn't get the money that they wanted to from the board and the board is getting the money from the state. And I think that a lot of times the teachers get frustrated and maybe don't always understand where the money is trickling down from. So they take it out on the union. Um, but, and for every teacher that I talk to that's in the union, they're like these, the other, the teachers who won't join the union don't know how bad they'd have it if we didn't have the union in place. Um, and then I've seen, this is a classic, this is a classic modern day, um, like challenge in organized labor, right? I mean, I've never, yeah. I've never been in a union, but my understanding is that half of the work of organizing labor is convincing about half of the labor force that it's not Jimmy Hoffa. It's not a scam. It's not like right. trying to, you know, say, you know, th th that it is acting in your best interest. So right. I would imagine that in a place like Florida, that's, that's doubly. So it must be a huge <laughs> PR effort to, to, to keep the labor, to keep the rank and file in line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I've worked with them on the local level. I've watched them work in Tallahassee and they bust their ass for their teachers. They love their teachers. They care so much about them. And I think it's really unfair that, you know, they get looked at in that way of like, oh, well, they're just taking our dues and they're not doing anything for us. Like, I see the work they're doing. They're doing a lot of work for you. And I think more of y'all should be joining the union to help yourselves. And how do you see parents reacting to this culture war messaging when you interact with them? So, again, that that depends on what county you're in mostly. I mean, not totally. We've got the crazy people here in Orange County. I mean, you've heard the stories about these idiots that I encounter at school board meetings. Um, it's, I think, I think parents are much more tolerable of it around the I-4 corridor up here. Once you get to the coastal counties like Brevard and Indian River, people start to lose their minds a little bit more um, up in the Jacksonville area, of course. 
Miami. I know you guys are okay, but you know, it's, it's such a mixed bag. But... You would think, you yeah. would think, but let me tell you something, Jen, about the, the, the recent developments at our school board meetings. Mm. I, I do not feel like, uh, first of all, folks, I think that at this point in the podcast, we've probably already mentioned what happened last week where the, um, you know, the, the school board eight to one, almost unanimously vo- voted not to, uh, recognize LGBTQ month, a, a month of recognition for uh, yeah. LGBTQ community here in Miami, which guys, it's fucking Miami. Are you right? kidding me? Have you people not seen the birdcage or paid attention <laughs> to popular culture of the last 70 years? Like it's, it's insane. Uh, to And, but beyond that, like, no, things are, things are like, it's seeping in. It's really yeah. like seeping in and it does it under this, it, to, to, to sort of piggyback off of what Tomas was saying. It piggybacks off of this, like, and this must be extra infuriating for you, that language like pro-parent or like, or parent first gets co-opted by these, these groups to, it's a really neat rhetorical trick that they play where they're like, oh, now we're the pro-parent people, which means that you must be anti-parent. But uh, yeah, like, can you talk about that? Like, that's, that's, it's, that must feel like trying to climb up a, you know, a slippery, a, 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 a slippery incline all day long trying to fight against that that rhetorical um, little chicanery that they yeah i mean i usually get called a groomer on the daily by them um and you know they're especially pissed at me because i have a non-binary kid so yeah i'm extra groomery you're extra groomery yeah (laughs) who knows what you're up to storming they're gonna storm your house like comet pizza i mean i've had a probably threatened to come to my house so you know bring it um can you talk about that like the intimidation that you face and the bullshit they have to deal with oh my god um yeah yeah no i don't mind yeah we don't want you to like relive a lot of this shit but like (laughs) whatever you're comfortable talking about i mean so we have these two proud boys in orlando they're absolute goons like tomas has had the pleasure of meeting them um and so the one and they're both roger stone lackeys um so the one came to our school board meeting last year in October. Um, and he started off the whole book ban shit. He read uh, pages from the book Gender Queer out of context. And that's what started all this crap. Yeah, I, I think I remember that. Yeah. So me and him have been like that since then. Um, so he's t- like, he kind of went away for a while, but then he came back and he's taken to following me around everywhere, which is really weird. Um, and he made like, he's made these like, Twitter fan accounts of mine, like it's really bizarre. Like he's obsessed and he'll like find pictures of my kids and put them up online. Um, I spoke at a, a pro trans rally downtown a couple months ago and they like chased, like I had a, somebody was trying to escort me back to my car and they chased us and we had to get the cops to stop them. Like he showed up, I went to canvas for somebody who's running for state house and he just like appeared and started harassing everybody. It's really weird. Like to think that there's so much that you could do with your day and that's how you're going to spend it. You see it and it's cynical, but this is a cynical world, but you see that kind of activity and you can't help but recognize that it's funded when you go to these, to these, um, to, to these school board meetings and you can barely get away. I don't know about you, but like you can barely get away from, for me, you can barely get away from your day. You can barely disengage from work long enough to show up. I've missed two different um, school board meetings where I was scheduled to speak and I felt like shit 
and it was because of work had to be had to be at work there was just no getting around it and and it feels terrible and then it compounds it to see basically what are paid apparatchiks like right you can tell like they are all in line they are um you know and or if you're listening to this next time you watch a school board meeting whether you're in orange county miami-dade county any county notice Take notice of the media training that these people have. Take notice of the choice of seats that they take. Take notice of the specific Roberts rules of orders that they choose to ignore. And like all of this, none of it is by accident, even though it kind of comes off that way. Like, oh, these are these uncouth dipshits that don't know how to behave in a public meeting. No, man, that's not what it is. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. We, uh... I, I, you know, we, we talked about this, I think, with Anna. But, you know, these people are a coordinated, you know, intimidation mob that works in tandem with govern go governance actors, you know, the, the Ron DeSantis and his administration, and then his, you know, his lackey Manny Diaz in the Department of Education, and, and you know, his lackeys in the legislature, they legislate the policy that trickles down to the local level, whether through malicious actors that implement the policy or through political cowards that are scared of being removed from office by the governor. But then he has his little brown shirts, you know, his little fascist goons, these these type of people that are either trying to intimidate people like you, Jen, or going to the Miami-Dade school board when they're voting to establish, you know, LGBTQ History Month. And they line up outside, they yell at people, they're literally like pointing at people and going like this, you know, like putting their, their hands in their necks. You know, and that it, that creates a chilling effect, not just for the public that should be there giving public comment, but also for, you know, these people in elected office who are scared of this mob, you know, harassing them, but they're also scared of the governor. So, it, it, you know, I just think we're in a really bad place in Florida. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what would a, what would a solution look like? And that's that's a that's incredibly reductive as a question. But like, what would the beginning of turning the tide of this type of stuff would look like. I mean, I feel like teachers are, are the key, even though they can be, you know, as a group, there's elements of the teachers that are that are problematic. But like, at the same time, these are, this is a workforce that is, that is understaffed to the tune of, I, I read somewhere 4,500 uh, in terms of a headcount. Oh my God, 9,000? 9, and growing. That's an, that's an enormous shortage of teachers. I'm wondering from your perspective, like when a teacher leaves and you have any conversations with them or when you talk to somebody who used to be a teacher, what do they say? Like, what is the reason? I mean, I'm sure it's money, right? And and then like, can teachers be part of fixing this without wildcatting, without, or do they have to maybe wildcat? Do they have to maybe do some uncomfortable labor actions or or just straight up say, fuck this, I'm going to teach these things in school and um, let the chips fall where they may. I don't know. Like this feels like grasping at straws. What do you think? So most of the teachers, yes, that have left the number one reason is because of pay. Um, the second reason is always morality, not being supported by their administration. Um, just shit that they've got to deal with from parents who now feel, I mean, essentially parents can now say, I want to come into your classroom and I want to look at every single book that you have in your classroom and I'm going to decide if I'm going to get you in trouble for it. <laughs> the lack of respect that people have for teachers is just mind blowing because first of all, not everybody is cut out to be a teacher. That's a really hard fucking job. 
Yeah. I think a lot of us parents found that out. Yeah, exactly. By the way, like I found that out. I was like, I could do this shit. I know, right? Like, I was like, I know, yeah, I'm going to be. And I was like, no. I know kindergarten. I know first grade math, I think. And exactly. <laughs> I want to ask you about that because, you know, we talked about this with Anna as well. You know, there, there's a push by the governor right now to basically uh, um, allow veterans into classrooms, right? They want they want to solve this teacher shortage by basically grabbing, you know, veterans and having them teach. And, you know, look, veterans, they are trained in the armed forces to do whatever job is specific to the role in the armed forces, but they're not trained specifically to get in a classroom and teach whatever subject matter, you know, to a bunch of kids. So, you know, the teachers unions and teachers at and advocates are saying that this is the, the professionalizing the, you know, the, 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 their, their career. And it's going to lead to unqualified people in the classrooms attempting to teach our children, which is the goddamn truth. But, you know, DeSantis, you know, and his like propagandists are making it seem like, oh, you know, they're disrespecting veterans. How could they say that veterans would deprofessionalize teaching, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to pit these two groups of people, which, you know, are, are important as, as a voter base in terms of messaging and, you know, like their interest against each other. So I just wanted to get your, your, your take on that. That's just another spoke in the wheel of their way to defund public education, right? Because you're going to put, I mean, I can't imagine having a veteran come in and teach my first grader who is having a hard time learning to read and is in speech therapy. That person is not going to have the kind of patience that she needs, right? Um, I can't imagine having a veteran come in and teach my 13-year-old non-binary child without frankly, having some sort of prejudice toward them because, you know, that's just the way it is. And so this is, again, you're, you're giving unqualified people a teaching position. Our kids are going to start failing. And then that's where they go, ha, see, we told you public schools are bad. They're bad places. You know, it's all, all set up, to, part all set up of, for failure. It's all part of the plan. Um, right. And, you know, I, again, like Tomas said, sure. They have the veterans have their purpose in life. You know, they they were trained in very specific things. Instead of, you know, add them to the first responders list. I mean, those are understaffed too. But teaching is not the profession for them. It's not, you know. And that's also exactly it is demoralizing our teachers even more who spent years specializing in whatever curriculum they're going to teach and whatever age range they want to teach. You know, we're, it's taking trust away from them and they need it now more than ever. I don't want to paint with a broad brush either, but like if the whole goal of this is to keep gay out of the schools, former naval officers are not exactly going to like be your A number one person that you would call upon in the first place. <laughs> they might pull you to the side and be like, listen, son, I, l- let me teach you a few things. Okay. You're going to have a hard time and then you're going to have a hard time in life. And then life is going to get a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, but you know what though? Like, Jared, like that's not even what the point is. I, I think. I think. I think the point is that if you have, if you're somebody like Jen who has a kid who's non-binary, I one of our best friends 
had a had a uh, a, a child who was who is non-binary, and um, she made the choice to just leave. Yeah. She just picked up and left. Uh, there will be, and we'll probably celebrate them like good little leftists and good little Democrats or good little liberals. But there will be um, a cottage industry of schools, charters, or or you know some sort of private school system that teaches more in line with our own beliefs yeah. and our own. And that's just as bad yeah. because if the reason that we're putting our kids there is because our household income is over a hundred thousand dollars and we can afford to do it, then guess what? The larger political project of creating, um, making, turning our public education system into basically just the de- department of corrections it, it just making it be the pipeline for the pores to come up through and then pipeline into either menial jobs or into prison. uh, yeah into the prison pipeline like if that then we're honestly like we might feel a little bit better individually as our family like oh glad i got my kid out of that 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 shitty public school and got them into you know aoc academy or whatever you know like (laughs) like it didn't help like you didn't help anything by doing that you actually probably contributed to 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 the problem a little bit you were one little snow snowflake uh you know on the that 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 helped to cause the avalanche but like doing so feeling like you did it with the best intentions for your kid along the way right which is always which is another another sort of judo flip that the right does in this whole issue is they use your affinity your love your natural protectiveness for your child and they use it against you why are you putting your kid in a in a le- i'm going to tell you a story right now jen i'd love to hear your your, your reaction to this and i don't want to like shit on the actual school but for my, my daughter goes to a community school not a magnet school we for the first year of um of of uh the pandemic we put her she she placed into the best magnet school in miami and it would, would have been irresponsible and stupid for my wife and I not to put her in there. It only took one year uh, of her being in there to realize that we didn't want her there and that it was actually a really toxic environment for a million different reasons. But the thing I want to tell you about this is that when we raise concerns, because we're super engaged, we're part of the PTA, when we raise concerns and when we heard about other parents raising concerns, the response was, and this wasn't in a fuck off kind of way. This is, was more in a like um, conciliatory kind of way you know, you really should look into X, Y, and Z charter school. They're actually pretty good if that's what you're looking for. So we here we are, engaged PTA parents fighting to improve the circumstances of this public school, this magnet school, and the magnet school administration behaving as feeders into the charter system. And not just for us. That wasn't an isolated situation. There were other parents that we spoke to who got the same response. That's why I am absolutely convinced that this is a system. This is a project that is like, pushing anybody who can afford to be taking part in the the private sector of public schools into the private sector, turning you into a consumer of education instead of, you know, participating in the community education, um, like longstanding, hundred year long project of America. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that from a couple of people um, in different counties across the state of admin talking to them like that. I had um, one of our principals get like that with me um, during the beginning of the pandemic or our first year back during the pandemic when we were still trying to get masking. And I had heard that they were getting very lax on like not having soap in bathrooms and just basics cleaning stuff like that. So 
I went to the principal to complain about it. I'm like, if you guys need help, like getting this stuff in the schools, let me know. And she was straight up like, if you don't like it, you can go here, there, or there. I was like, no, that's not the solution. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if the school is one that has a wait list, especially if it's one where it's like, oh, this is a popular school. Like there's lots of transfers there, you know, down here in Miami Dade, we, we, um, I, sometimes I think of myself as such an asshole when I was sitting there, like, like applauding, like a, like a trained seal on the day that Alberto Carvalho said that he was going to stay in Miami instead of taking over New York public school systems. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And then the guy proceeded to, and unbeknownst to me, because I was still a little, a toddler parent at that time. Um, this guy has been like the single biggest uh, purveyor of like the school choice ethos. He actually like was, financially involved in the founding of public of uh, i'm sorry of charter schools and here i am thinking like oh this guy's great the herald always writes super glowing positive things about him (laughs) but that that like that whole school choice model when you look at it at the whole we're americans right we love choice we love to walk into cvs and see 200 flavors of sugar water on the wall like we love that shit right that's our favorite thing so tell us that we get to like pick schools we're going to like put on our thinking caps and, 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 and go to work on it. But when you look at the effect that it's had on the vast majority of the community schools, what has it done? Every parent who has the means to pull their kid out of there has, has done it to, to, to um, a, a large degree. Is it similar where, where you are? Like what's, yeah. what's it like? In David, I do want to say something before. When, you're, when your school's on Carvalho, when your school superintendent is, goes to every single public event wearing a three thousand dollars to six thousand dollars suit like that is a, that's oh, that's swag. a red flag right there swag that's a red flag right there i mean like are you kidding me like that i've never liked that guy i always thought he was a douchebag and just talked out of both sides of his mouth the whole time and i really think that you know yeah I, i'm i'm glad he's gone <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jen, does that dynamic play out similarly up, uh, up, up there and what's been your experience? So what we have more of up here is um, our schools don't want to deal with the bullying that's happening in them. And so their way of solving it is calling up a parent and saying, hey, we have this neat thing called the Hope Scholarship that we want to give to your kid. And so rather than deal with the situation that's happening in the schools, they're just trying to ship the kids out. I just, it happened to a teenager that I know recently. Um, they didn't even know what the Hope Scholarship was. Their their parent thought that they were being offered like some great deal to like, you know, some kind of like special prep school or, you know, something fabulous. And then I was like, no, look up what the Hope Scholarship is. <laughs> we, hope, we hope you don't sue us for your kid getting a swirly. Right? Know, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it, it's, I've seen it far more frequently than I would care to up here is that rather than deal with the situation at hand, fix the school, fix the problem that you have in administration, they're trying to ship the kids off to cover their asses. And that I am not okay with at all. Um, so my, my brother is trans um, and was like wrestling, you know, with, with his identity as early as like the two thousands. Um, the premise behind like, you know, like the, um, keeping gay out of schools or whatever is like like trans ideology i guess is their favorite like new favorite term that this thing can be transmitted to children either to get them to go along or and accept trans people for who they are or i think what they're actually afraid of is turn your kid 
trans or whatever. Um, for kids who are trans, like or you know, young people in general who are who are just wrestling with the question of who they are, I have never. I mean, again, maybe others would say differently. I'd never heard of anyone receiving it from a teacher or a book that they saw in school, because a lot of kids are very sorry just checked out of what i remember being in school like i remember making fun of the dare presentations we get in class like i remember what it was like to be young but where a lot of young people do go to find the answers to their questions especially these questions i don't find community is online and i think now especially like that it's much more socially acceptable those communities are much more vibrant have you ever, and again, this is just pure speculation on my part, but it's the it's the thing that I worry about is their next step. Have you heard any whispers of any agitation to try to regulate digital content or control like information flows online in the name of trying to keep kids from interacting for anything that could be considered LGBT friendly? Because that that is the, especially the way they you know their big tech is one of their other big villains trying to make it like we're going to war with big tech under the same way that, you know, uh, under the guise of we're protecting kids from a nefarious ideology or what have you? In schools, yes, um, because there's a couple of different programs that are online programs that are several of our districts use. Um, one of them is Epic, which it's just like a companion learning system. Um, you know, they can play games and learn things about history or spelling, reading, whatever. Uh, another one called Brain Pop, which Seminole County, just north of us, lost their minds over last year. <laughs> and there was like a BLM brief lesson on there and they, wow, they really, they lost it. Um, so yeah, and we have seen some districts that have removed those optional uh, programs that come on like your district launch pad that your kids can access. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then also um, it, the other thing, Jared, that they do now is, um, and uh, you guys are younger. They might have done this when when you guys were kids. They weren't doing it when I was a kid. But uh, for kids who don't have um, their own devices, they give them devices. Yeah. Great, that's awesome. But those devices are absolutely governed by whatever firewalls yeah. are, you know, permitted. Whatever content is deemed permissible by the, you know, the the, the agencies and the the. Um, governmental bodies that are in charge they they can absolutely uh they can absolutely exert will on on the content that that those kids see through those devices um yeah the other thing too like that's a funny you, you touch on like a real live wire jerry because the one thing that they don't really talk about a lot it was a little bit more of a of a of a, um, of a topic pre-pandemic but like the the level of private sector ed tech that is yeah. in our kids head that is just like um contracted out just purely contracted out through tallahassee at exorbitant rates i ready you can find little you can find tweets on you can find jen you should check this out my wife showed this to me once you can find uh tweets from kids in like 2008 complaining about i ready and then you look them up and they're like they're on linkedin they're grown-ups and they're like working in jobs now and you're like oh my god that kid like 14 years ago was complaining about i ready and now he's like director of operations at some company <laughs> or something but that's how long the shit has been pervasive like it's been in like you'll see like some kid who's like a vice president of this or that and then you look at his tweet at his his twitter when he was like 13 he's like I already sucks. I hate this shit. Like, <laughs> I already is the worst. Oh my god! Fucking worst, man. God damn it. 
<laughs> if we got rid of iReady, we could solve our teacher pay problem like legit. <laughs> If if you got if you made voting legal for twelve and up and then got rid of iReady, you'd never lose an election. Like <laughs> statewide. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, you solved it, David. <laughs> So let's end on a high note. I've prepared a little quiz for the two of you to test your educational system knowledge to see how much you know about our national and state level education systems. I want to start with a really quick informal survey. What qualifies in your guys' opinion, what qualities in your guys' opinion would you say makes up a quality education system? Um, hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the answers I'm supposed to give are critical thinking skills, um, you know, uh, a bit like not just what you know, but how you know it. Um, but that's not true. Like it's the we all know it's the Pythagorean theorem. It's hypotenuse. Um, it's PEMDAS. It's um, yeah, yeah. It's an essay on why it's correct to feel bad for Madame Bovary. Um, these are the things you're going to need. T, what do you you're think? Out of school. Well, you know, a math teacher once told me. Are you going to have a calculator with you at all times? Pay attention, Mr. Kennedy. And guess what? I do. All right. I, I do. So I didn't have to pay attention. Um, no, I'll just say, obviously, <laughs> obviously I think <laughs> a, a highly paid teachers, you know, strong teacher unions, you know, uh, accountable school boards, you know, that are regularly audited, uh, you know, uh, strong funding uh for school districts uh i i you know i actually don't believe in centralized like education curriculums so stuff like you know no child left behind or stuff like that i think are bad um i think teachers should be free uh to teach uh, obviously you need some curriculum standards but i do think that uh teachers in this You're country close. are You're too, close. Too too heavily policed and should be allowed uh, to, you know, do do their jobs as as, uh, as professionals. Uh, so, you know, those are just some of the things that I think you, you don't find in Florida's education system, uh, you know, which is obviously purposefully underfunded as a way to sabotage school districts. And I'll, I'll end by saying this. Our concept of grading schools for resources is horrific and counterproductive. Yeah. So look, you came really close to being to, to, to being correct, but you guys were all wrong. The, the, they're, they're good I'm answers, right. do, but they're I, all wrong. I, I do have this calculator in my pocket. Okay, we all do. So <laughs> my teacher was wrong. You're wrong, David. And and I do feel bad for Madam Bovary. Yeah, so. so no, you're wrong. <laughs> The correct answer of how you make a good of what makes a great education system is, of course, freedom. Yeah. In this segment of the show, I'm going to quiz you both about the state of freedom in our various state education systems. That was always the thing they made sure I had enough of. Parents and teachers, they're like, is Gerald as free as he can be? Always. It's funny you say that because freedom is kind of a, a fungible concept. It means different things. I went to Catholic things. school. Like freedom was a the lot enemy. of different stuff. Just Rulers like were our friends. Um, not like to measure things, but on the on the <laughs> hands.
Not really. Now, for, fortunately, we have an objective source so that we can, um, you know, dispense with the guesswork. Uh, thanks to our friends at the Heritage Foundation, who last week published their first ever inaugural Education okay. Freedom Report Card State Rankings for Parents. So this is what I'm going to quiz you guys on. Uh, this is from their website copy. Education is a top priority to millions of American families, and parents should be empowered to choose a safe and effective education for their children. To serve that goal, the Heritage Foundation has published the Education Freedom Report Card to serve as a guide for assessing educational freedom in each state. Our goal is that this annual ranking of states will not only inform parents and policymakers of what their states do well and where they need improvement, but that it will spur necessary and lasting reform. So here's how we're going to play this game. I'm going to name a state, and each of you, you need to guess where it places more or less on the Freedom Report Card out of 50 states. For fun, we will also cite the more conventionally ex accepted lamestream media, U.S. News & World Report, which, sure, is it a more comprehensive and accurate representation of the overall quality of a school system? Maybe. Who knows? But like maybe just for people who hate freedom. Um, let's start with a state that's near and dear to everybody's heart on this phone call, especially me and Jerry. New York, the greatest hey. state, baby. Greatest hey, greatest we're in the ranking world. states over here. Where do you guys think New York places in educational freedom, according to the Heritage Foundation? I'm going to guess Foundation. near the F. bottom. Yeah, I'm going to guess F. near the bottom. Strong, strong teachers unions. There are, um, there are, I'm okay. sure the only thing that makes it more free is a burgeoning charter school industry, um, yep. where some schools, they literally have half public, half charter in the schools and like the cafeteria, uh, like the kids, like the charter schools and the public school kids will be sitting on opposite sides of the cafeteria. I worked as a janitor at one of these schools. I was wondering like how a class war didn't break out in the schools where like all these kids and the parents of the kids who were told, sorry, we just don't have the money for textbooks for you, but you have it for the charter school kids. <laughs> Interesting that so that's Jer the case. Jerry, Jerry nails this one. Uh, New York is number 50, dead last among states. Yeah. Uh, no, the only thing, the only place worse is the District of Columbia, which places yes. 51. Um, now, interestingly enough, New York is number 19 in U.S. News and World Report. But, uh, yeah, you were right. The, the, the overall rank, 50. Second school choice rank, number 46. Uh, transparency rank, which is basically like how easily you can figure out from your teacher if your kid learned about the existence of gay people. Um, yeah. 48. So number 23 in regulatory freedom. So they, they, they score okay in that, in that area. I'm surprised by that. Cause I like, like we're notoriously like, you know, a pa we're a paperwork town. Like we are a, Oh, you want to do something? You're going to have to fill out form C subsection D or whatever. I'm surprised that it's that high. Um, yeah, the, the way that they the way that they um, judge that is by the presence of uh, or lack of presence of quote unquote chief diversity officers on the school district level, and um, I guess New York State has fewer, um, like chief diversity officers. I okay. and that's apparently a bonus to have have that. Now it is. I do feel more free, I guess, uh, from hearing all this that there's not as much you know there's not as much transparency, not as much diversity. That's, that's, yeah, is that what freedom is? That's weird, though. Why would they put that on a freedom score, whether they have a diversity officers? Maybe our next uh, entrant will um, 
shed a little I bit see. more light. Let's let's look at the greener pastures of a place where there are no pastures and there's no green. The state of Arizona, guys. Okay. What? Mm. Where? Where will Arizona? Um, maybe the ideological uh, opposite of uh, of New York. Where will you predict that it places in the Education Freedom Report card amongst fifty states? I'm, I'm gonna guess so bottom I, bottom tier. Bottom in terms I'm of good go. or bottom in terms of higher ranking, well, I should say. I would say like like in the like bottom ten, I guess. Okay. Um, somewhere between forty and fifty. Um, if you're not teaching your kids that the election of 2020 was stolen, then you're not teaching your kids. And in Arizona, they are trying to keep that very much uh, under wraps. See what do you think? Um, I, 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 w- I was gonna go in like the high, like mid 20s to early 30s, just because the Republican legislature is kind of insane, but they have shifting blue. I'm, I'm guessing in the 20s. I don't know. I am going to shock both of you. Arizona comes in number two as the Whoa. second most state, uh, most free state in the uh, education fucking system. Go, go Arizona. Uh, go, again, baby. looking at the lamestream media, U.S. News and World Report, uh, more widely accepted statistic, Arizona is number 47. But in terms of freedom and as, as far as the Heritage Foundation goes, they are number two. And that is because according to the Heritage Foundation, Arizona is at the vanguard of the personal responsibility movement. More than 16% of public school enrollment in Arizona is in a charters. So there you go. I, I legitimately thought this was going to be like they employ the most child labor in their janitorial staff, the personal <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> Those children are personally responsible for keeping their own fucking school clean. Um, yeah. <laughs> how about that this was one? Gingrich's big plan in 2012 was why don't we have a moon colony in child janitors? And of the two, I thought one was much more doable for a GOP government. <laughs> that is such a blast from the past. I feel like I just read a tweet from 2012 <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, okay, Texas. What do you guys think of the Lone Star State? It's, it's got to be top top ten, right? Mid- top five. Yeah, I would. I'm gonna guess it has to be top ten. Um, they because of the demand, like because they have so many schools, they get to write so many of the school textbooks, and who can be freer? than the ones who are commissioning the books in the first place. I'm going to say they might be num- number one. I'm going to hmm. guess top top dog, top most free guy. I'm going to surprise yeah. you guys and also share a little something I've learned. They are number 12. Now, wow. te- uh, te- Texas actually ranks in the U.S. News and World Report uh, number 35 in terms of education. One thing I've realized, kind of reading between the lines of this, this uh, heritage report, um, is that States that have a high population of low-income students, by just by virtue of the presence of low-income students, are going to rank lower because they require more spend. And okay. if they have to spend more, that's bad as far that's as bad. freedom goes. The, free, the freedom gets hurt. You lose – you spend more money. That's the way it works, guys. You spend more money, you lose your freedom. That's money, money. That's my P.F. Chang's money. I, that You're taking yeah. it out of my pocket. <laughs> we are going to now – I could I could be getting more minions merch with that money. <laughs> I could be getting more Ron DeSantis skins in Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. Now th- there's a there's a surprising um, outcome in the in the and maybe also the biggest um, spread of any of the outcomes that that we've looked at here in terms of freedom versus uh, you know U.S. News and World Report. Uh, our 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 neighbor to the south in in New York, Jared, New Jersey, the Garden State. 
Hey. How free is how free <laughs> oh. is New Jersey's education? Maybe system. an even stronger teachers union than New York State's. Yep. Um, so it gotta be wait, New York was last, right? New York was last, that's right. All right, so second to last. Forty nine, baby. <laughs> forty nine. You, you nailed it. You guys nailed it. It Got is it. number forty nine. <laughs> uh, I'm you noticing can... a, I'm noticing a trend of the more proletarianized your teacher force, the more free your students are. <laughs> Do you care to take a guess at New Jersey's ranking in twenty twenty one, which is the most recent rankings available? Obviously twenty twenty two is still going on. Twenty twenty one. Um where does New Jersey rank? In terms of public school education systems uh, nationwide, according to U.S. News and World Report, near the top, it is. It yeah. is the top number one. It is the yeah. number one uh, state school system. So yes, Jerry, you are right and yeah. correct in identifying a weird duality here. Right, yeah. the more free an education system is, the more the lamestream media wants us yeah. to think that it sucks. The more anxious your teachers are about how they're going to pay rent the more free your students are. Also in New Jersey, we do a progressive education, John Dewey style, where you'll learn how to work with your hands. And a mm. lot of these kids will get an internship in waste management, if you catch my drift. So they're getting a practical <laughs> education as well. They're literally walking here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, walk here. Having so this, a slice of knowledge. A, a, quick, a, quick, a quick poll uh, directly from the Heritage Foundation's ranking. Uh, spending rank, where, where New Jersey ranked dead last because they spend far too much money. New Jersey can improve its near its near bottom ROI. By the way, the number one thing I'm looking for when I'm finding a place to educate my kid is immediate ROI. How much yeah. money will I get? I want QP. Yeah, when I when I'm buying wine or if I'm buying education for my kids, what's the quality price ratio? Cuz I want something <laughs> good. I'm willing to pay $20 for a bottle of wine, maybe $20 for an education for my kid. Every additional dollar after that is probably going to be less valuable than the first $20 that got me that. It plateaus at $21 is what I'm saying. I don't so they, want to be, don't be doing they, that with They me. criticize uh, New Jersey because of its near-bottom ROI ranking. Uh, and they say they can improve by lowering the per-pupil spending, stopping growth in the non-teaching staff. So less janitors. Chair, sorry. Uh, and uh, there you go. There's your child labor right there. There's an yeah. opportunity. You see a problem. Personal I see an responsibility. opportunity. Yeah. Also, <laughs> kids, pick up your fucking shit. Like I don't yeah, want to be cleaning up after you all the time. Uh, and addressing its in, its significant unfunded teacher pension liabilities. So oh, that I mean, is how they go. Whenever my kid comes, when my kid comes home and says, "Papa, I don't feel free," and I was like, "Why, my my son Geppetto, why why are you crying? He's like, my teacher's gonna retire one day. I was like, are you sad that she's going to get old and and not be a teacher? He's like, no, I want her to be sad all the time. <laughs> and that's what we need to do for our kids. Too perky for yeah. me. Yeah. So let's close out on our home state, baby. What this whole show is all about: the Sunshine State, Florida. Where does Florida rank in? School, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, educational freedom amongst its uh, 49 cohorts. What do you What do you guys think? Well, I already guessed Texas number one, and that wasn't true. Um, so, if we're sticking with the trend of how desperate are your teachers, maybe Florida number one. Okay, T. I don't know. I'll go. I'll go with Gerald's guess. He got it right with New Jersey. You would you would both again be correct. Now Florida is number sixteen, it, it actually pretty high in uh, in U.S. News and World Report rankings, but they take 
the gold number one for uh, education freedom. And that is thanks to their number one overall rank, their number one, their number three school choice rank, because uh, pretty much all the new schools that are opening down here are charter schools. Number one in transparency, right. which didn't, means didn't that DeSantis you can do a, like a, a press conference about this recently. I would not be surprised if you went to Brandon, Florida and did yeah. a press conference about this. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's go, Brandon. Florida. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Number two and regulatory freedom. Oh, by the way, I just want to make a comment of the transparency rank. They, they, the, what that really is when you dig to the, to the bottom of that transparency rank is it's how it's basically how easily parents can disrupt what's going on in the classroom. Like how easily can parents find out that, you know, you know that the that the history class is saying that Martin Luther King jury's still out whether or not he was a good guy like sure. we you know that kind of stuff like the the ability to interfere with the existing curriculum the is debate, what they call like with transparentism you teach the debate right right oh I have a question though about disrupting class when do kids feel more free than when they're disrupting class yeah like that's literally that's the definition you. of it right that is yeah freedom. um Pr- pranks is freedom. You know, one thing I found interesting, though, and gives me a little bit of hope, although probably stupidly, and I'm sure that this this is gamed in some sort of ridiculous way. U.S. News News and World Report does rank Florida number one um, for uh, college, like the best public universities in the really? the, the University of Florida. Well, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I would have thought it would be North Carolina or something like that or California. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But see, we, we should actually – we should actually do a, an episode on the university system here in Florida and public universities because they're all trash. They're all like completely co-opted by politicians. The board of trustees are basically just like a tool for political patronage and, you know, yeah. dole out favors. Um, the school, the, the presidents are all cowards and, you know, completely yeah. beholden to, you know, the state for funding and will do whatever, you know. So I, I disagree with that ranking. I think the public universities in Florida are awful. Yeah, I think of FIU and how FIU is basically just a conduit for public money to go to contractors. Like it's just a bunch of yeah. money being – it's like a fire hose of, of tax dollars to people's brothers and cousins and shit. And also UM and FIU, both schools in, for, of which I am an alum, are notorious CIA and intelligence service hubs to basically spy on, you know, like, like leftists and leftist governments and recruitment grounds. Um, Also, like a a terrible university in Florida is UF, who's, you know, the chair of the board of trustees, this guy named Hosseini, is a giant donor to Ron DeSantis, a guy that lets him use his private jet to fly around to, you know, political events, somebody that arranges golf outings for him at his at, 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 at you know at the country club that he uh, attends and this is the guy that was appointed the chair of the board of trustees under what qualifications so uh yeah i i would totally disagree with that statement that's all for this episode of why are we like this be sure to follow us on apple Podcasts for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Visit us at wawlt.com. Follow us on Twitter Walt. at Walt Show and on TikTok at Walt Show. You can Walt. also email us at Walt at allpointswest.net. Until next time, this was Why Are We Like Walt. This? Walt, Walt, Walt. Walt Mafia Rising. <laughs>